do not attempt to adjust your settings. We have commandeered this channel and are now streaming our pirate broadcast. This is the pirate stream. Welcome to the Pirate Stream Dialectical Dissidents, episode 21, if you can believe that. 21 with me as always is Scott Armstrong and Courtney Turner here to discuss the woes of the world. How are you guys today? I'm good. How are you? Good, good, good. Happy to be back with you guys again. Yeah, yeah likewise. How are you doing, Courtney? I, I'm doing all right. I'm hanging in there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying that for about four years, right? Exactly. Yeah. All right. All things considered, you know. <laughs> yeah, all things considered, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I was going to say, before we get too far into it, I do have a question. Mm-hmm. And I, I know this is on everybody's mind out there watching, but Brian. Oh, yeah. I want to know what is in your pouch that you wear. <laughs> yes. I'm so curious. It, it's funny that somebody actually, uh, while we were at a rally, I think here in Tennessee, asked me the same question. Like this, is curious, but it's it's. I've addressed it many times in the show. It's it's, right. it's metaphysics. Okay. It's like a it's basically a bunch of different stones with different properties. Like you can see the little one right here underneath the cross that I have that my brother gave me. Mm-hmm. It's I think this one specifically is supposed to you know like ward off negative energy but there people will think that seems ridiculous but there's plenty of other things in there like like the like the example is the the metal bracelets people wear that we're told like help your joints and so on it's the same concept the different stones and metals and different types of materials and they have different properties you know and so different things in there will be like you know energy or you know who's to say if they work in a way that like truly makes a difference. But I believe it does. I believe these things have a difference on, you know, it's like this idea we talk about like grounding and how you're, mm-hmm. you, know, you stand on the ground, the earth. And, you know, I think that we're more symbiotic with this world around us than we realize. And like, to me, this is about, you know, taking precautions to make yourself mentally healthy and also kind of be, you know, I believe there's negative energy all over out there that yeah. to ward off in my opinion. <laughs> well, I, I definitely agree. And, uh, Really interesting. So I, I started a show with uh, Dr. Lee Merritt. We're doing mm-hmm. it's called Dangerous Names, and next week's episode is actually going to be on scalar energy. Mm, so, scalar energy, yeah. What so is it's that? kind of like a zero point energy, like oh. the stuff that Tesla was working on. Oh, Nikola so, Tesla. Yeah, yeah, Nikola yeah. Tesla. Not not Tesla's company. That you know, <laughs> no, 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 not Elon Musk. Or Elon Musk. No, yeah, not that one. Um, but yeah, so I and uh, when you talk about like warding off negative energies mm-hmm. and grounding that sort of thing, I, I definitely believe in it, but not. I, I think people conflate it with like a mystical woo-woo I type agree. of, and uh, not to, you know, I don't have the answers, certainly, you know, I don't know, I'm not the arbiter of truth, <laughs> but uh, I, I do know that there, I don't necessarily think of it that way. I think of it more in terms of like negative, positive ions. Exactly. And uh, with different metals have different properties, and that, that's why right. they can be beneficial for things like grounding and for... Yeah, completely. But I would say too that to take it to a point of like where, you know, and the reason I like if you go to the a store that sells different stones in this kind of purpose, they'll always come with little descriptions like, you know, this is what this one, the properties mm-hmm. of it. And to say like that it wards off negative energy, like I would say that that is into the realm of like a mystical concept sure. because that's not about, you know, like it has this direct effect on the flow of the energy mm-hmm. in your body. But, but then at the same time, right? Well, if what is negative ahead. energy for you? Right. right? right. So it's, I, I actually think it's, it, it is in how they they steer you into thinking that it is a uh, mystical. I I don't necessarily know the right word because it, there are mystical properties to it still, but the, I I think it's still quantifiable because I agree. Yeah, I we think all they have intersect. a different energy yeah. makeup. So it's interesting. It is because I I think what it speaks to is more of a an overlap to the things that we tend to like you're saying like we put a line like anything past that line is fake right it's like well i think there's a lot of things we think are fake that well, actually aren't a you really know. really great example of it is uh like uh, you're probably familiar with the movie the secret 
I don't the, the, like the law is based on the law of attraction. Hmm. I don't think I've seen it. I don't think so. Okay. Either. Yeah. It was a, is it based on the book, the secret? Is yes, that, okay. Exactly. I've heard of that. Yeah. Okay. So the book, the secret, then the movie and the, the premise for that came out of uh, like the theosophical movement, mm-hmm. which was, uh, and then it was uh, codified by Alice Bailey, who was a disciple of Madame Blavatsky, uh, who started the, bless you, the theosophical movement. Um, and so it's a very kind of like new age principle, but there are actual principles in physics that corroborate it. Hmm. So they kind of took it in a direction that I think was a bit of a deception that was, hmm. you know, designed to, uh, I think, deceive people and create a movement, you know? I think the new age movement in general is, is oh, yeah. that, yeah. right? No, Just to I, sum it up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Circumventing things that we, we can prove. We can have a whole nother conversation yeah, on that. Yeah. I actually just did a radio show on the Theosophical Society. And maybe maybe next time I, I'll bring this to the topic, but sure. I, I yeah. did about the Lucius Trust, because that's mm-hmm. fascinating. It's driving the UN. Yep, that's anyway, a good one. I agree. I think the new age movement, but that I think the mistake people make, this is to your point, is that people... Will say that if something is a, a you know, like a, a decoy or a deceptive uh, ploy, that there's no truth in it. Mm. And that was my point: is that there are principles in physics that can corroborate it. That doesn't mean that the whole concept that they were presenting is true. You know, so that's an, you know, that, that's actually a perfect, interesting segue into what you're going to talk about yeah. because <clears throat> we're talking about which that probably and what I get it. Talk about too. Smart. <laughs> yeah, well, well, that it's almost always, in my opinion, I shouldn't even frame it. Almost always, but as, as because we're looking at these things yeah. that that's it's used that way that they put something fake over something real. So we don't know, or more so, so the average person chooses to omit it or overlook it because they're following along with what the mainstream suggests they should look at. And so that's yes. very interesting. So, let's, let, <laughs> so we're going to talk about some interesting things today in general. Uh, the, I guess to sum it up very quickly, we're going to start with the conversation of Osama bin Laden letter and that whole dynamic that that we all think is very interesting. We're going to talk about the January 6th videos and information that's come out that I think we're all aware of continues to add to the reality that this was some sort of operation. And and generally, the, I'm going to finish on some of the stuff I've been talking about, about the ongoing information around Israel and the different, uh, I guess, it, the updates to what we've re- been talking about and the reality of how many things have been shown to be lied about. But most interestingly is that Haaretz, I don't know if you guys have heard this, as of yesterday, the day before, has now confirmed per Haaretz and per the Israeli military that they did, in fact, shoot their own people on the 7th. Mm-hmm. Now, to what degree, that's still what I've always been saying is, you know, we have, but we have to consider if that did happen, to what degree, and then how does that change the perception of what happened? It's really interesting. You know, all of these things kind of swing around, in my opinion, the idea of government manipulation over our lives in ways to influence the way we perceive the world around us. You know, and it's mm-hmm. very constant. It just mm-hmm. never stops. And so let's start with the idea of this letter itself. And it is really interesting because this is something that, well, I'll go ahead. I'll let you start because this is what you wanted to bring up today. So. Yeah. So my, my interest in this is like, you know, there's all these different uh, angles to the story. And if anybody that's looked into 9-11, like you go down the the path of Osama bin Laden, Al-Qaeda, the origins, and, and, and you realize very quickly that, you know, a lot of this stuff is not presented to us in, in, in a very correct manner, right? So like, mm-hmm. you know, when you go to look at the history of Osama bin Laden himself and like how they were put into power, Al-Qaeda and all these guys to fight Russia and all this stuff. And they're like CIA groomed and and funded and trained and all this stuff. And it's like, well, that's really interesting. And so my whole interest in this is like this particular letter that, that all of a sudden gone viral again, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, did he actually even write it, write it? And then who, who would write it? And so a couple of things that I wanted to present is like, first of all, is uh, uh, the fact that even before nine 11 happened, 
everybody like kind of in the the OG truth community was looking at this and they were like, okay, this this Osama bin Laden character that's been created is the perfect fall guy for some major event that's about to happen, right? And so and so anyway, so they're, they're, that's the clip. That's the clip. So I don't know if you oh know. you wanted to go to the Bill, yeah I was going to like the yeah. mm-hmm. so so it, for those of you that haven't seen this or heard this before this is william cooper he's the guy that wrote uh, behold a pale horse and this is him on june 28 2001 a couple months before uh obviously 9 11 and this is his take on the whole situation now just before we play this though yeah. just on the opening of the conversation so really so the idea being about the the question of whether or not this was written by exactly him exactly. or somebody else so let's just before we play this clip because it's three minutes i don't want to yeah. get away from the point yeah. let's flesh it out just a touch because okay. i think that's i it's, it's exactly what i was kind of posing during uh, one of the recent shows where I touched on this, that it's very interesting to me and very concerning that we're watching this kind of binary dynamic around this concept. Mm-hmm. Whereas we know that James Corbett and others, Bill, uh, uh, Ben Swan's an excellent mm-hmm. documentary. I mean, it's even like during Dave Smith's debate, yeah. it's, it's interesting that this is something that we are beginning to see despite the government and the media and the way they keep talking about it has become a ubiquitous reality that we all understand. Mm. Our government created armed and funded these elements. doesn't mean every part of it doesn't mean they haven't lost control of it, but it's a fact. And so that then means that he was an asset of the CIA or the people behind it, whether he he knew it or not. And I I think, I think we all know this, but for people that are new to this, it may sound shocking. And the point would be that there's a lot of evidence that proves this, right? Mm -hmm. So then what does that ultimately mean? If the letter is saying, as we remember, you know, that we did this for, you know, because of the U.S. foreign policy and the the genuine grievances we all seem to understand, blowback and all these different concepts. What does that mean then? You know, did he write it? Does that mean that even if he did, that that doesn't he doesn't mean it? Right. So good. What do you think, Courtney? So what I think is really interesting about this and you talk about the binary aspect of it. And this is, you know, definitely, I think the the key element that we need to focus on because what we're seeing right now is there's a bunch of videos circulating, uh, particularly on TikTok, where a bunch of Gen Z, and I think that that's, that's what this is aimed at, is not aimed at psyoping them because they right. most of them really weren't aware of this, you know, previously. Psyoping what way? So I'll explain. So oh, sorry, a lot of them are reading this letter and they're all like, oh, at least the videos I've seen, they're hysterically like sobbing, like, Weird. oh my gosh, we were wrong. And this means he was a good guy. <laughs> and so <laughs> this is it, the next trap. Right, <laughs> exactly. So now I like, you know, two things can simultaneously occur. And it really reminds me of a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the, the people on the, the political right, if you will, or the dissident right who have suddenly decided that because the left has gone so bonkers and the West has become so corrupt, Putin must be our ally and he's our savior. Um, no, you know, he may be rejecting some of the values that the West is exporting that we, uh, you know, particularly people of more conservative values may mm-hmm. not align with. And so therefore we may champion that. That in no way means that he's our ally or savior in any way or any government for that matter (laughs) right exactly so you know but i i see it as very similar kind of false dialectic that's occurring and i think that's what's happening here is that this Mm -hmm. is being framed to try and now uh make him out to to sign up the younger generation into thinking he's some sort of a hero interesting Um, so why but so why would you think that would benefit them i think it would benefit them because they're creating a uh, in my opinion, I think it's a very, I think it's another dialectic mm-hmm. uh, between 
uh, that what you know in what's going on with the war in the Middle East right now. Mm -hmm. So you know you have people uh, as we talked about last time with very heightened uh, passions on both sides. And uh, I personally think there's a lot of evidence to indicate that the same people are pulling strings on both sides. Right. And uh, you know, but the the narrative that's being portrayed that they want you to believe is that they, it's a religious war and that they care right. about either the Palestinians or, you know, the Jews, which in my opinion, I don't think that the powers that be care about either one of them, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and they're just using them as pawns to advance their international world order, you know, new but, world order agenda. But what? how fascinating is this, that like Osama bin Laden, who historically, if you ask mm -hmm. anybody 15, 20 years ago, would be the most evil man in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. How in the world have they been able to flip the script to such a degree where now Osama bin Laden is like the good guy, of like course. the sympathize, like that is like a mind manipulation beyond yep. anything possible. It's like it's almost like now we're like Hillary Clinton and George Bush are like best friends. Like George Bush is a good guy. George Bush is one of the good guys, but, right? It's like so crazy how they 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 created the scenario where we're like, oh yeah, Osama bin Laden, he's such a great guy. If that was their Whoa. objective, though, yeah, well, I, I'm not I, sold on if that. that I personally do for, think for, I do think it's their objective because. Uh, you know, I'll try to make this really brief, but I, I go through the, the philosophical roots of the dialectic quite often, uh, you know, and I talk about like this is uh, philosophically, we could say it, it predates Plato, but I think Plato really codified it. Um, and again, I'll try to make it brief, but, you know, just the, in, the you know, we're familiar with like the allegory of the cave, mm -hmm. right? There's the intelligible realm, the dividing line, the intelligible realm. And then we have a uh, Kant, who talked about the thesis, he, well, he was attributed to talking about thesis and synthesis, synthesis. It was actually John Gottlieb Fitch, who Ficke is how it's pronounced, uh, who talked about that. And uh, then Ficke was who showed Hegel, who's mm -hmm. often attributed to mm -hmm. the Hegelian dialectic. Mm -hmm. uh, and he definitely progressed it into a, a mythology methodology. <laughs> And it was Vicka who showed him, who was very much a mystic. He was a very high level uh, Freemason, you know, very much a, a proponent of the Enlightenment movement. Mm -hmm. uh, and he, so I, I only bring up that point to show that he was, you know, someone who was into hermetic and alchemical principles. And this is something that Hegel really ran with. Mm -hmm. And Hegel rejected both uh it was through Ficka that he saw he could do this he rejected Kant he rejected Plato's notion of the dialectic because he felt that they were too abstract it was too intellectual and he wanted something that could progress the historicity of man so he actually said that it was the uh abstract negative concrete and the really important part is that middle part, the negative. This is the negation, which uh, the German word translates to sublation. Mm -hmm. The word was actually Afhaven. I, I'm going to butcher the German pronunciation. Mm -hmm. I won't even bother trying. Uh, but Afhaven is a very interesting uh, oxymoronic term because it means to lift up and preserve while simultaneously tearing down and cancel. Mm -hmm. It was from this that uh, the Frankfurt School uh, then derived the term F Haven du culture, which of course means cancel culture, which I don't think I need to expound too much on today. Most people are pretty familiar with this. I think a lot of the audience, certainly, I think oh, yeah. you two of you mm -hmm. we get know, that. We, that. we right. know about that one. But the reason I bring this all up is because the best way that I could visually explain this is, you know, I talk about the the spiral that's going up to the omega point, which I believe is the new world order. Of course, Hegel talked about the state being the God, the one uh, that we're all aspiring towards. But another image would be the Ouroboros, right? The snake mm -hmm. eating its right, tail. Right. So uh, the concretization came out of this uh, initial abstract, which was this idea that presents itself. And then you have the negation, the nullification of it. 
And so I think that's what we're seeing with all these dialectical paradigms. You have what looks like the, the canceling out, but really it becomes this spiral. Right. And I, so when you talk about how crazy that is to yeah. see that they could flip this whole narrative on its head, but really it just becomes a progression. So mm. it's not actually canceling out because it's these uh, parts that become subsumed and present the new the new abstract, which the then, new of course, abstract. yes, yeah. See, I, I I love that you bring in the 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 that aspect to it. You know, it's important to understand the logic and mm-hmm. the you know ideology around yeah. the whole thing. And what's interesting is that, like what you, like the point that I was going to bring up, and like you're showing is that it's not like this deviation or dip shift. It's this circular continuation exactly. of what they're doing. That now it's become like to your point to to make sure people didn't miss that is that they're saying it's a religious war and they yep. they hate the Jews or they hate this or the whole point is they're trying to play, make it about back and forth. Yeah. And that ultimately this makes that point seem more ex- reality. Like, oh, right. look at all these people that now side with Osama bin Laden. Right. And then they say this is what he wanted to do. And which seems to then almost contradict what the letter says, which uh-huh. is weird, you know. <laughs> but either way, my, so that's very fascinating, I think. But so I wonder, back to the letter point. Mm-hmm. If we know that this is at, to some, you know, an asset of the CIA to make it yeah. simple, but it's all, you know, there's more nuance than that. Sure. Why would they have him write this letter that way? Or do we think that this is something that he actually wrote that he really thought? Because, I mean, look, I think anybody can look at that letter and go, well, yeah, not to justify attacking somebody or mm-hmm. killing civilians. But there's reasonable grievances for what we all now see, I believe, is belligerent U.S. foreign policy. Yeah. So why would they then want the letter then to be framed that way and then not engage with it then? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? It's just an interesting Kind of that's that's one of the reasons that I feel a little bit of doubt about whether that was the actual objective, mm-hmm. or and whether or not they're maybe just using that now, or you know I don't know how do you see it? Why would they have written it then? What do you think? Yeah, I mean it also almost might even be a good to present uh, that other article that I sent you, the CNN one, where, where it's, he's actually saying like on September seventeenth, like less than a week after the event, he's saying I didn't do this. Like you guys, like no, this wasn't me. Like, mm-hmm. This was Osama bin Laden. This is according to CNN, right? And this is the mm-hmm. only reference I could find on that. I've heard people talking about it, but like if he's on the one hand, denying having anything to do with 9-11, and then on the other hand, like putting out something like this, it contradicts it. Or interestingly enough, it almost adds to the point about whether he might, you know, look, just because somebody is being used, it's possible they may not be completely in line with the people using them, or that he may decide. aware. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so this point almost adds to that, that maybe he wrote that because that is what he felt. And, you know, and that this is him kind of saying, you know, look, I am being used as an asset. You know, again, none of this means that we're then saying he's not an extremist or you should support him. And that right. that's the weird dynamic we're seeing on the yes, TikTok aspect. Exactly. We're just trying to understand the reality of it. And ultimately this, you know, he's even before you could look back at his history, he's obviously a pretty extreme person, right? And that's he, obvious yeah. and not deniable. But does yeah. he even exist? Because look, well, if you look, if you look, if you look, at, if you look at this, <laughs> see, okay, when you do a site, like a specific targeted search for the word Tim Osman, right? Mm-hmm. If you guys don't know, there's like a FOIA document that has on the CIA website it says belonging to CIA's Tim Osman, aka Osama bin Laden, aka Santa Claus. Did he even exist? Is he just a figment of all of our imagination? Yeah. Right. I think, well, I think. I think. I think. I think he's just completely just made up. Well, here's a good point. To, yeah. Time to play the clip, yeah, and then, exactly. then we'll, yeah. I'll bring these up when totally we come back. <clears throat> all right. So this yeah. is the clip again to to reestablish where we were to, of Bill Cooper, mm-hmm. um, and this was uh, 2001 during June 28, 2001 radio broadcast. Hour of the time. Mm-hmm. Can you believe what you have been seeing on CNN today, ladies and gentlemen? Can you believe it? <laughs> Supposedly, a CNN reporter found Osama bin Laden, took a television camera crew with him, 
went into Osama bin Laden's hideout, interviewed him and his top leadership, his top lieutenants and colonels and generals in their hideout. This is a CNN reporter with a camera crew. And he came out and told everybody, within three weeks, Osama bin Laden is going to attack the United States and Israel. Now, don't you think that's kind of strange, folks? You see, because the largest intelligence apparatus in the world, with the biggest budget in the history of the world, has been looking for Osama bin Laden for years and years and years, and can't find him. The FBI also, under the leadership of Louis Free, has been looking for Osama bin Laden for years and years and years and years and years and many years, and can't find him. Some doofus, jerk-off reporter with a camera crew bosses right into his hideout and interviews him. And you know what his budget is? <laughs> Zip, zilch, nothing. Now, that tells us two things. Either everyone in the intelligence community and all of the intelligence agencies of the United States government are blithering idiots and incompetent fools, including the entire apparatus of the FBI and all of their personnel, or they're lying to us. They're not looking for him at all. And the second is the truth. You see, the CIA created Osama bin Laden. They recruited him. They trained him. They found his leadership. They brought them all together. They showed him them how to fight the Soviet Union in Afghanistan. And when that was over, they still continued to fund him and train him. And they're now using him to help bring about world government by making him the big boogeyman because they can't use Saddam Hussein anymore. Because they needed a new boogeyman. A reporter from CNN and his little camera crew got in to Osama bin Laden's secret hideout and conducted an interview. If you don't believe me, tune in to CNN. They're probably running it right now as I'm speaking. And if you believe it, you are one of the stupidest jerks that ever lived on the face of this earth. And whatever is going to happen that they're going to blame on Osama bin Laden, don't you even believe it. Don't well, you believe it, folks. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's I miss Bill Cooper. Right? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of important things. I, I want to include uh, James Corbett's documentary as well as don't, you know, Ben Swan also did an excellent one a long time ago. But just it breaks down the obvious reality that, that these were the simplest way to put it. Western, specifically, in my opinion, Israeli and U.S. government proxy elements. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and this is, again, something that Dave Smith said recently, that this is important that we don't miss. That this, the U.S. government and Israel have been funding the most extreme elements of Islam mm-hmm. for decades mm-hmm. for stated strategic purposes, Let's right? And so there's no the British intelligence. Well, I'm just saying this from an American perspective, but you're yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's from a U.S. perspective. I think mm-hmm. it's important, but you're right. It's far more than just these. That's yeah. why I said Western specifically. Yeah. But obviously, the point is that how then can we pretend like? 
all of these aspects don't then lead right back to them, or at the very least have an honest conversation about how they're complicit mm-hmm. with funding these people that then got out of control. It's just very, yeah. very interesting. And by the way, wasn't Israel responsible for 9-11 anyway? No, I'm just kidding. Well, no, it's not, I mean, yeah, see, that, it's funny you say that, though. It's, like, it's not kidding. Like, you, I mean, to say like, responsible is, I think, no, of maybe I know, a joke. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, but let me, let's seriously, but though. There's some, there's some funny business going on. It's not, to say responsible is is a little bit too <laughs> all-encompassing, yeah. but 100% Israel, yeah. in my opinion, was involved with what happened. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, and just going back to James' work in general, the you know, he does the, the 9-11 culprits and yeah. the dancing Israelis, as well as a lot of other aspects of it. I mean, it's, in my opinion, I'm not, there's no denying that there was an element of involvement. Would yeah. you guys agree with that? Yeah. I think yeah. there's an element. I think that uh, I, I would be careful. I agree with you about yeah. saying responsible. Right, because right. I think, he was kidding. I yeah. know. <laughs> no, I think he was. I, I thought so too. Because there's, there's, yeah. a, there's a viral thing going around right now about, um, I think it was like Eli David, yeah. you know, Mr. Propaganda oh, Man yeah, right now. He's, he's that, he, he was making a point about um, somebody, I don't think it was even somebody that large, who just put up a, a picture of 9-11 and said Israel did 9-11. Mm. And then he was like, Elon, you allow this on your platform? And it's like, it's just, you know, these people are trying to get anybody censored yeah. for things like, exactly. you know, that's not, I, I mean, look, that's in any other context before like the YouTube, like you're not allowed to challenge historical events. Right. Of course you're allowed to state that you're not, there's no, there's nothing that's hate speech. You're just saying, I think they're responsible. Now you could think that's wrong, mm-hmm. but it's very strange that they're now saying like that somehow immediately translates to hate speech hey, or I think it's Donald, crazy. I think Donald right. Trump was in on 9-11. Right. You know what I mean? You know it's what what the saying? same point. I it's like, <laughs> like, there's, there's some good evidence to suggest that Donald Trump was involved. In there. Well, there was the whole real estate angle. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. He was very proud of the fact that his building was now the tallest building that morning yeah. on that radio that's interview. Gross. <laughs> have, you, have you seen that? No. It's like, he's like this, uh, like a local news broadcast. He's like, yeah, I was talking to Larry. Silverstein, he's a friend of mine, good friend of mine. And you know, when you look out there, now my building's the tallest building out there. It's like, yeah. We decided oh, to pull it. Okay. Let's just pull it. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, man. Out. Well, and, and I mean, also, we have um, the. Which aspect was that? Well, you know, it, it's not, it, it's kind of yeah. off the shoot, but there, it, I think, oh, well, I think that one of them was that Rudy Giuliani, mm-hmm. who's yeah. just connected to Trump, oh, very yeah. clearly was totally. like very much involved. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's another, yeah. I'll, I'll just share very quickly mm-hmm. that uh, I worked at the, it was called the top of the sixes. It was mm-hmm. the six, six, six building, mm-hmm. triple sixes at the six, 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 fifth Avenue. Is that the one that, which was uh, another Kushner building. Was that what? the one that Kushner, Jared Kushner was? I think six, 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 six yeah. Building? yeah. Nice. But it was another yeah. Silverstein building. Oh, yeah. Got it. Okay. So that during that, when that whole theory was starting to circulate and surface, a lot of people at my work were talking Jeez. about it. Cause is it, I mean, so you're talking about the pull it part. Is that like the theory you're talking about the pullet part? Right. Because uh, it's the weird. Insurance, yeah. So, I mean, it, that's he, not he a theory. He the insurance like that's, shortly before. Yep. Can, can we acknowledge, though, that it's not a theory? No. Like, he I did don't. not say pull it in regard to removing people from the building. No. Like, there's just, I mean, that's, I guess, what do you think? Am I wrong about that? I think that's a very obvious pull reality that they yeah. decided to just. To control knew, demolition. Yeah, he the building. knew that there were explosives yeah. in the building. He paid, and he, yeah. Yeah, and we that. have the Alaska study yep. that proves that, exactly. right? That they were they had, you know. Yep. Anyway, we've all talked about these yep. things a million times, yep. but yeah, that's. <laughs> but, it's it, but if you think it was Osama bin Laden, don't you believe it for a second? Yeah, yeah, right. And right. so that brings back to the main point of yes. why that letter would then be taken at face value. Exactly. It's, it's very interesting. It's, it's very, very interesting. So I will include uh, Glenn, uh, Glenn's tweet about this just to make oh, – because we didn't actually address this yet, mm. even though this is the, the kind of impetus for it, that The Guardian deleted the document, yeah, which makes me so even weird. more so think that yeah. they wanted – like the Streisand effect. Yeah. They yep. want, and yeah. So that was like I'm so suspicious about this. And so he just simply says, ever since October 7th, we've been urging people to recall the lessons of 9-11, not just U.S.'s huge errors responding, but why it happened. Bin Laden's letter blaming U.S. violence in the region, including U.S. support for Israel, went viral on TikTok, so The Guardian deleted it. 
right? So it's, it's, you know, and now trying to contort this, as you made the point, mm -hmm. into something very different than what it seems the reality is. So it's mm -hmm. very fascinating. So uh, I'll include these links that Scott was pointing out. The Bin Laden says he wasn't behind the attacks as well as the PDF. You guys can look at for yourselves. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. So let, let's go into, which I actually do feel like there's some connection to these two topics in general, yeah. like the idea of January 6th, the idea of framing you, America, as the enemy, as the bad guy, the domestic terrorist, which I very much think was sort of the real reason behind a lot of this stuff to kind of build okay. the, the security state. I mean, that's not a hard yeah. sell for most people, right? <laughs> so so let's get into the discussion of January 6th. So go ahead and set this up and we'll, we'll get into some of the clips. Yeah, so uh, they've now released some more footage from January 6th that... Uh, Shout out to Truth and media ben swan and laura logan they're doing really good work on that yes absolutely um so i mean i i was at the, i was not at the capitol i was at the ellipse and uh, you know from the very beginning everything felt like a setup i'll just just very preface with that uh anybody who was actually a trump supporter was not at the capitol because he was still speaking at the mm. ellipse at the time well, when point. all of this yeah. was going down but when you first started to look at some of the videos that started to surface I, now, I, uh, I'm not necessarily proud of this, but I spent a lot of time in clubs in New York City. And, uh, you know, I, I dated people who worked in the club industry. And I spent a lot of time, you know, I've been to VIP rooms and whatnot. And this is very much what those videos reminded me of. It mm. was like, there's velvet ropes and they oh, right. escort people in. <laughs> walking and in. Uh, they kept talking about an armed insurrection. I'm like, what are they armed with? Cell phones? You right. know, this is... Broomsticks uh, and cones and stuff it, like that. Uh, <laughs> like, this, is, yeah. this is interesting. And it really did look like they were being escorted into the VIP room for a scenic tour. That's what it looked like. Right. And uh, so now with these new videos surfacing, uh, that becomes even more apparent. Uh, that you had the cops, it looks like they were totally inclusion. They're fist bumping afterwards. Right. Um, so we'll see the clip. Um, but I also thought that, it, and I, I mean, I personally do think that it was, as you're saying, it's to frame the, to set up the police state. It is to uh, scare people into mm -hmm. questioning any authority, into challenging any uh, government rulings protesting uh, in general protesting in general yeah. which is our first amendment right right people often don't know the whole enumeration of the first amendment they think mm -hmm. about freedom of speech but it is freedom of speech the right to peaceably assemble the right to redress grievances mm -hmm. people seem to have very much forgotten that one right. and then the other one is of course and it is in the first amendment is freedom of religion unfortunately that has very much been conflated to freedom from religion these days mm -hmm. it is not freedom from religion is freedom of religion but that is the full first amendment i paraphrase obviously right right um but i think it is very much to uh have people shy away from engaging and embracing the first amendment which is their right to peacefully assemble and to uh frame people at being uh, insurrectionists and uh, that the, they're now criminals and i think you know we see owen schroyer is in jail we see is he still uh, in jail mm -hmm. yeah that's yeah, so crazy yeah. it's so crazy <laughs> yeah uh, you wild. know, my uh, friend Sarah Mackey, you guys were at Cause Fest. She spoke. Her husband, who was a police, was literally helping. Uh, you know, I've, I've heard these stories of uh, there were people who were praying and they instigated them, like swatting their wrists. And these people got arrested. They were instigated and only for just because they reacted like, right. what are you doing? I mean, if somebody comes out of left field and starts, you know, pounding your wrist, like you're going to be startled. And they took that as somehow... 
uh, an infringement or a brutality and arrested these people. So it, it does really just look like a huge setup. And I, I think it ties in also. So one of the other clips that I, uh, you know, pulled up was mm-hmm. about this uh, neo-Nazi group. Right. Uh, that is a uh, blood it, tribe. Yeah, the Blood Tribe, who apparently this uh, Christopher Pellhouse is, uh, I'm probably mispronouncing his name, I apologize. Pellhouse, Pellhouse, I've heard it both ways. Um, (laughs) But uh, uh, he's also part of the uh, Goyam Defense League. Uh, Yep, yep. I was going to make a point about Panson Truth, who's out there with him. We talked about this already, actually. Okay. I think we did, actually. Yeah, oh, that's right, that's right, yeah. So I I just, I feel like it all goes hand in hand. It very much ties to the... Because to me, I just think they're setting up dialectical trap left and right. And it's all to stoke tensions because they they want people to be trapped in these wizard circles, you know, Mm -hmm. so that you can't step outside. You can't see clearly. There's just this foggy haze over everything. And what happens when people are confused, they're destabilized, they become demoralized, and then they cling to anything Mm -hmm. they possibly can. And uh, unfortunately, they a lot of times they cling to these narratives that polarize them and further stoke tensions and yeah. further breed chaos, which is another breeding ground for usurpation of power. So Right, right. Well, you know, I think I mean, to one point is that, you know, kettling itself is in, in I mean, Derek has covered this a lot, is almost yeah. designed to create a reaction to then justify yeah. more violence. And you're just exactly. like encircling people. What are they going to do? You know, it's like yeah. they just it's happened many times. But I think what it's so obvious, and I, I think, in my opinion, even before the release of these inf- videos or before yeah. Truth and Media's breakdown of a lot of things we also didn't see, I was already, in my opinion, like, this is a government operation. And it doesn't yeah. mean everybody involved or not. Now, I don't think we should mince any words. I think it's very obvious oh. and provable that this was a setup. And mm-hmm. I think and th- that doesn't then remove the ac- accountability for somebody who may have committed a crime, whatever, however severe, like yeah, breaking sure. a window and so on. You know, it's a crime, minimal, ultimately, with sure. what we're talking about. But the point is that still it was allowed to happen or driven to. And I think that's an absolute fact. I, I think point. in many cases it was goaded. Yeah. Absolutely. I, absolutely. Absolutely set up. And I think that these, the, the other point is why I think it's connected. I think this blood tribe mm-hmm. is, uh, I think there's a lot of evidence pointing towards this being some sort of a, a federal operation, whether it be CIA or FBI or the two in collusion. Um, Again, I, we, I think we can prove this. And I think that the, we'll get into it when we get to that yeah. second part of it. But the idea, as, as we've been talking about, the vanilla ISIS or MAGA trap, as I've, I've, I've called it, and the overlap with the Project Aerodynamic and the Ukrainian Azov movement. Yep. I've tied both Christopher Polhas, the one behind him called Boneface, mm-hmm. to directly to that organization. And right. so this, this is a CIA setup. I mean, that's what it is. And so that doesn't then mean everybody there is part of it. No. Because as we all know, there are racists and there are bad people. But the point is, I agree with you. And unfortunately, they get pulled in as useful idiots. Yeah, (laughs) right, right. And and, But I I agree with you. I think that is a very clear, as I'll show you the tweet that I put out today, where it's like, oh, what do you know? We start showing January 6th as a setup and oh, the the, the ISIS gang gets marched out the same day. It just happened. And it's like, it's embarrassing. But so let's get into some of your clips here you wanted to share. Um, so you want to just play them or you want to set it up at all? Yeah, yeah, you can just okay. play it. I think so you set it up. Yeah. This one, Michael Tracy says, January 6th defendants have long argued that the initial uh, entrance were peacefully, peace, peaceably, excuse mm-hmm. me, escorted into the building by Capitol Police, as I think we all know and have seen many times, and therefore had no reasonable expectation their conduct was unlawful. And here's one of the mm-hmm. things that has been released. And to your point, we've seen the velvet ropes. I mean, it's, I, we've seen so many of these already, but it's just one more that's yeah. very hard to ignore. Yeah.
Now, obviously, the people are going to point to like the gate outside, you know, that they right. push back. But we have evidence there showing that there was multiple sides where they moved the gates and let them through, right? So, uh, wh- why would an average person who doesn't realize they're involved with they what they would be later called a insurrection? Why would they think they're breaking the law? Exactly. Just wandering in, cops are waving at them in some cases. Holy. So crazy. Filming. I can't hear whoever whoever's filming this. I can't hear what they're whispering know, in the background. I know. <laughs> it was a blue-haired person. So wrong, wrong protest that day. Yeah, yeah wrong one. <laughs> Antifa was the right. other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's basically it. You know. Yeah. You, you see many examples of the cops kind of nodding and yes. waving back, and you know, just very, and just the fact that they're just standing there does so, very clearly does not implicate that they're under uh, an insurrection. You know, exactly. and that they're about to get overthrown. Which is not to say that there weren't elements we can now prove, again, via truth and media, that Ray Epps was very clearly t- telling Baked Alaska, yeah. we're here to go to, to, I think the word he used was go into the Capitol or some kind of an, like, the point was he's now denied that that was what his objective was. Right. But he's on the record now stating this is our objective. You know, it's yeah. just blatantly obvious. Did I send the other one where the cops I, well, I've, got, I've got a few of them, okay. yeah. So I don't know what, or I don't well, necessarily all, the order, yeah. but all those cops should sure. be arrested for dereliction of duty for letting a crime happen right in front of them without right? responding. Right? If that's yeah. what they're claiming. Yeah, yeah, sure. Exactly. Right. Ooh, geez. That's graphic. Ah. Oh, this so, was, this was, yeah, a different one. So this one's, they, go ahead. Uh, it was like a, where they put a paint, uh, yeah, the paint balls. Paint balls. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, to make it look like a, a bloody scene. Is that what you think was happening? That's crazy. So I, I, well, either way, like, I read it more as like they're just trying to instigate them. But you're right. If it was red, that, yeah, yeah. it's interesting. <laughs> it says here we see Capitol Police firing paintball guns and throwing grenades into what? And I believe they mean, you know, the sun grenades yeah. into peaceful crowd of people. They did this to fire them up in this person's opinion. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that to, yeah. and get footage of an angry crowd. So here's the video on that one. There's I have given warnings probably. about chemical munitions. I need yeah. the left and lethal team position above me to start deploying. Long. Wait, 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 I missed it. Did you say chemical munitions? Is that what he just said? Just, I didn't hear that the first time. I didn't either. I have given warnings about chemical munitions. I have given warnings about chemical munitions. So, that's uh, what it sounds like. so again, I would actually point out though, with a lot of these videos, it's hard to be able to confirm that the audio is in fact actual, yeah. right? Because exactly, anybody exactly, can fake exactly. it. You so keep that in mind. It, yeah. But that's interesting. What would they mean by chemical munitions? Like, st- I would argue, like a stunt, like a smoke. Um, Tear gas, maybe, what, or uh, well, I think that's what they spray, kept saying like that there was. Well, yeah. there was a lot of uh, uh, reporting about tear gas, right? From, so from that, the government, yes, right. But but you're right too, though. They were yeah. there's arguments that they were using bear spray or yeah. pepper yeah. spray. So maybe they're saying warnings to you Hard using to that. Wish, yeah. yeah, who knows like how to take Antifa, it? Antifa bottles full of piss and that sort of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> good times. <laughs> yeah. About chemical munitions, I need the left and lethal team position above me to start deploying. Launch, launch, launch. Remember this. It says peaceful protester Joshua Black shot with a yellow rubber bullet. Hey, walk up to the front of the fucking line. Come here. Oh, so show those cops what they just did. Man. I know. You gotta turn around. We need more fucking munitions. Let's go. Fucking shoot it. Go. Shoot. Shoot. Here, trying to get through the game. USA, 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 USA. Oh. And, and no, this is really damaging. Right, 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 right
Yep, they're deploying flashbangs on us. And realize where they are. You can't really call that anything other than a protest. You know, you're allowed to assemble right there, you know? And I don't mean necessarily because of other actors you could call violence, but just the idea that they're standing there. The argument is that they're doing this because they've already deemed it right, even though that's not yet happening, you know? Of course, the fat guy's firing the rounds from back behind the crowd. That's crazy. And what's interesting on the overlap here, too, is we have all these examples of... They're shooting into pe- their own people. Hmm. Like Jews for peace example, like protesting in front of the, the Capitol, you know? And then de- because of the way the food framed, calling them violent, even though the police in most cases initiated the violence to move them. But what does matter is there's a thousand protests where they block entry and streets, and it's just so contradictory all over the place. Whatever further the narrative supported. Jeez, look at those. Oh, man, look at that. See, right there, that's a good example right there. What, how do you think you could justify that? Lobbing that into a crowd full of people that aren't, you know, there's children and families yeah. that are in the yeah. middle of that, yeah. not right up the front, maybe pushing, but look where he lobs this thing. Jeez, look at that. Look at how far he threw that. Yeah. My God. And that's a different one. That's yeah. a rubber ball. That's more, that's cheese. He's just having a good time. And let's not forget that the reason they're all even pushing right there and starting to shove, that all really started where they pushed past it when Ray Epps came up and was like, look for that guy, and then they pushed in. Grenade happy, this guy. Man, look at that. Wow. That is so damning. Like, oh, yeah, he's like, loving it. Yeah. yeah. grenade. See, and there's something being thrown, right? Yeah. From the up from inside the crowd, but at this point custody of these 44,000 hours of videos, I can attest there were acts of violence, there were acts of terrible violence that day. Um, even from what I had seen with my own eyes and, and, and it, through the media, I've seen acts of he violence. pushed him off. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I didn't see that. Yep. that. I had not seen before. And it was brutal and it was ugly. Yeah, he was so, so the man speaking is addressing the police yeah. violence. Interesting. <clears throat> Look at that. Through the media, I've wow. seen acts of violence wow. against police officers that I had not seen before. And it was brutal, and it was ugly. And uh, our officers on the line did what they needed to do at the time. Yeah. 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 
violence being done to police officers but they're framing that over the image mm. of them committing violence because i yeah. think he said that that the officers did what they had to yeah. at the end of that yeah either way uh, the point that that what we saw was that very clear Chucking grenades at us. wow i just think the grenades into the middle of the crowd never thrown the concussion grenades if they'd never used a pepper spray this wouldn't have happened it was a peaceful protest i was standing within 15 feet of the line of officers they started firing at us before anybody did anything to them. We were not rushing them. There was no advance on them. They just started throwing concussion grenades and pepper spray. Wow. They've been tear gassing us. I can't breathe. 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 Pretty crazy. So, I mean, yeah. it's interesting this is coming out right at this time, you know, where like, you know, Trump is getting, you know, indicted and all this crazy stuff. And it's like, I think they're building up the tension again, mm-hmm. right? Because oh, they have to, there's an election. So they got to vindicate all the people for January 6th. They got to get them having that uh, indignation, that justifiable indignation for, oh yes, we were, we were right all along. And mm-hmm. so now when the Democrats win in 2024 again, I don't even want to know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. It's, it's, it. Look, to be clear, and I know we all agree with this. Yeah. They have very legitimate grievances oh, yeah. with being stolen from elections, being manipulated, 100%. which happens on all sides. We need to understand that. But you're right; it's already kind of being cultivated yep. to create the. Well, I mean, I think the point would be, no matter what happens, the other side's going to say they stole it, and it's, yeah. it's this has been a common tactic well, now around the world. I, I think the point you're raising, Scott, is a very valid one. Though, is what they really, really want is violence. Yep. Right. And so I think that you know. This was really arguably peaceful protest that was incited. Mm-hmm. Yep. Arguably, a lot of the violence was coming actually from government officials, government police, um, and not from the people who were protesting. But what they're trying to do now is to get people. I think that this stuff is now being leaked through mm-hmm. to incite those so that, yes, they do feel vindicated, but also so that they feel justified in standing their ground and they're hoping, uh, which I, I think is going to fall flat in mm-hmm. uh, in terms of their efforts. But I think they're hoping that people will be so angry and so upset that there will be uh, some sort of violence right. incited. The violence they wanted that time, like an yes, actual exactly. violent they wanted insurrection. An actual insurrection right. And they didn't get it. So now I think they're trying to stir it up again in the hope that they will get that before the election. My thought, and I don't know that they'll, I mean, I, I don't have crystal ball, but I think they really want to declare some sort of martial law. They're mm-hmm. doing everything mm-hmm. possible mm-hmm. not to have an election. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I don't you think know that, that though? That's an interesting point. Go ahead. I don't we'll think they'll be successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they would like to get to a martial law or oh, some yeah. sort of, you know, totalitarian uh, usurpation of power where mm-hmm. they can declare that there's either a war and they have to, you know, lock everybody down. There's another pandemic, the war. There's just too much violence. And for the, you know, the domestic terrorists are taking over. And all we need for your to, interest. Yeah, it's all for your safety, your security. Mm-hmm. And they're throwing whatever they can and seeing what sticks. I, right. I think this is why I'm always saying, please don't play a violent reactionary. Yes. You know, whatever you do, 
do not, you know, do, do not silence yourself. Do not muzzle yourself. Don't sense, don't, don't engage in auto critique. That was what the struggle session, the mouse struggle session did. And that did not work out well. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't encourage that, but, but don't get violent. Don't right. blame nope. that reactionary. Nope. Nope. Well, as as uh, Scott Ritter recently said, though, like, and I'm not even saying you necessarily need to get angry, but mm -hmm. being angry or even like hostile speech is speech. Understand yeah. that. So well, I agree with you 100%. Don't act in violence. Yeah. I mean, look, yeah, there's plenty of, in my opinion, valid points of where you know, your family's being attacked, defending sure. yourself, right? But in the sense, like, there's reasons to get upset. But do not acting in violence gives them the opportunity to pretend you were always the one causing the violence. And it's just mm -hmm. this constant thing we're seeing. It's very, it's, it's very, it's very, it really is just nonstop in every agenda everywhere, it yeah. seems, you know. Yeah. And so on the, we have a couple more clips on here that I think are important mm -hmm. that are, uh, where was the next one? I, I think this is really kind of the same point. So we could probably just, this one just says yeah. it's because it all shows Capitol police literally holding doors open yes. for them. Exactly. So you guys can see it right there. Very yeah. clear. It's just the beginning parts. So you see that. Yeah. yeah. And then I found, there's a couple that I wanted to include here as well that just show interesting deviations. And this, this is what I think speaks more to whatever you think happened, that there was an element of them trying to cultivate a perception to show people. Right. And the whole Pelosi side of this or what they were oh, doing yeah. inside in their war room. Like yeah. it was very, very, even her daughter, I believe was on the record admitting, right. We have that video mm -hmm. too, not today, but yeah. that this was not the, basically that what we were told wasn't the reality. Right. So here's an interesting clip that basically shows that what you're going to see is two different things at the same exact time we're told one includes Grassley in the image and the other one doesn't. Even though it's both hearing and the both, like, I guess, play acting the right. same moment when they heard Mike Pence say something. Grassley, you'll, you'll that's see. our guy, right? Tennessee. I, they're not. They're none of them are my guy. <laughs> so we, have a, we, have a, we have a Senator Grassley here in Tennessee who's super base. Yeah, yeah, we do. So take note of what Pence is saying on the phone. That's the part that's this, that's where we'll bring it together. So the exact sentiment. And right here, you only see Sh uh, Schumer and Pelosi. And see at the top, this is the sixth committee, so this is legitimate. So what you're seeing right there is the CNN version, right? But yeah. the other video that they're actually playing at the January 6th committee that doesn't show Grassley. Right. So how do you explain that? Unless right. they recorded this twice. Right. This is, a, we're being set up. I mean, uh, whatever element it is, right? And so that's what, that's what the graphic says in the middle, just to make it clear. Exact same recording, mm -hmm. two different two shots, shots yeah. right? And that's wild. One with Grassley, one without. And it just plays it again. You know, I, I just, there's so many examples like this. And this is what I think is, you know, even before we had all this stuff, we had this kind of obvious, in, you know, we could tell that we were being manipulated. Uh, Liz Churchill adds that we go under, oh, oh, this was the clip of them. Just this actually is pretty important too. We, and again, we've already got versions of this elsewhere. This is just mm -hmm. one more where he literally is admitting that police were actually there as Antifa members. Right. Go undercover as Antifa in a crowd. So can you put that back in? Just we go under, you know, and we know this happens. They've been yeah. caught doing this already. This just adds to that. You guys get sprayed. Undercover as Antifa. That's really the main point right there. We go undercover as Antifa in a crowd. So. That's just so crazy to me because it's, you know, these are things they would never admit, but it's all being, it's all coming out with the, their release of the information. Yeah. Now, I would like to also add that there's things that are like, my point is, you know, 
we can't verify that that's exactly what he said, right? right? So we should question that. But my point is we already know and have proven that they do do that. And it's, that's been made clear, but there are things like this that are being recirculated that we, that we know aren't true. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to caution people from believing every January 6th video, a la Twitter files, mm-hmm. right? We got to be mm-hmm. careful, mm-hmm. but yeah, you guys have probably seen this, right? This was put forward as a real, but it's very, very much not real. And I think it's pretty clear, but they're now circulating as more evidence. It's just kind of funny. I think it was this one. Well, now I'll show you this video and let you decide for yourself what really happened on that fateful day. <laughs> Listen, sweetheart, let the men handle it. Are you even listening to Why don't you let me finish? Congressional staffers were almost killed. I thought I was going to die. This is an adult discussion. The public doesn't fear us anymore, and you better do something. Oh, what am I supposed to do? Do your fucking job, Nancy. Alexandria, let's breathe. It's like play acting oh, from some show. You know, yeah. let the men handle this. Like, you know, maybe it's real, but I just don't believe it no, for a second. And it's been either. shown to be fake. That was absurd. But what's funny, though, is this is what's happened. It's not just this one post. What people are sharing and saying, you know, this is this, obviously this is the Matt Gates press release right, kind of right. parody, but people are sharing this like it's real. And it, they did last time, too. And then uh, lastly, I just want to point out, well, you that, know, AOC's brother did submit uh, to a casting call for Congress. So mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> she's proving her not so great acting chops there. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I think they're all play acting half the time. Yeah, yep. yeah. But I'm I just not... think it's funny that he literally did answer. Ad for right, her, yeah. right, right. <laughs> Revealing it. Yeah. So this is, uh, I'm not familiar. Uh, oh, it's, he follows me. I didn't know that. Independent journalists, uh, seen him, Jordan Peterson, Russ Brand, so on. He just says, my mind is rapidly changing about January 6th. The new video footage, damn. Just wanted to show that there are people out there that had a different opinion that have now mm-hmm. seen these and going. And all the point that I think is important there, other than people have now are you know are seeing it, that so many people, even people that we might argue have a, an, an interest in genuinely finding the truth, that just don't see it. Mm-hmm. That these things are out there and we cover it, and that for some reason it's not in their chamber, you know. Right. And it's weird that people, even though they want it, you know, and so they just happen to see it. They go, "Whoa!" Even though this has been circulating how long, you know, from the very beginning of this. I just find that very, very interesting. So that brings us to your next point. Oh, go ahead, Scott. No, I said that's very cool. Interesting, yeah. And this is about the uh, – go ahead. I'll let you frame it. Uh, uh, yeah, so there's these uh, neo-Nazi groups, the the Blood Tribe. Uh, and I I really was not very familiar with this at all, but apparently they're like literal neo-Nazis with swastikas. And, um, and it looks like – so when you start investigating, there's some very interesting ties. And mm-hmm. he's got this connection to this – Fred Emery is his name, I think. Um, they co-own property together. Because with all the, these uh, things, you always have to wonder who's funding it. Right, um, right. right? Exactly. So it's like, and they both have these federal criminal records. So uh, it does really, to me, look like some sort of a federal operation. And uh, if that's the case, you have to wonder who's going to be an asset, a likely asset. Now, people who have some sort of criminal records mm-hmm. are more susceptible because there can be plea bargains that are made in exchange for uh, becoming an operative. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so but yeah. So the, I, I feel like this is just all really interesting in the timing because I think they're trying to set up these uh, different you know, uh, again, just further dialectical narratives and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is really important actually. And Mm -hmm. so this is, this comes into another topic that we've all discussed already. Mm -hmm. And this is the idea of, you know, I mean, again, even the broad term, just Mm -hmm. using people that may not even know they're being used, but some cases I think I can prove we do know that they, that they're an asset, but that, that using this to justify 
the war on domestic terror, exactly. the war on white supremacy, while they're literally funding white supremacists and Nazis. Like yeah. just completely in, you know, not honest. But I think, and so first, which first I thought this was interesting. And I do think mm-hmm. the reason you sent this was yeah. the point that, you know, this is one example of how this gets used against us, yeah. what, especially if it is all a construct that now there's, and I, I made this point earlier, even about the main oh, aspect, firearms, yeah. well, the, but also like the protesting aspect, they're trying to shut down things in Maine because mm-hmm. they're there. Yeah. And this was there, they may be prohibited from owning firearms. You know, the point is that this is about in every way trying to use these people that we can prove are connected to some sort of an agenda to control what we can do, what we can say. Yeah. Right. I think that's the simplest point to it. And I think that was the whole point of the setup for January 6th. Is right. It, and that's why they're, they're targeting all these political prisoners is so that they're setting an example of them so that none of us question things. None of us uh, you uh, engage in our First Amendment right to peaceably assemble, to do protest. Uh, and that will all be it's to further uh, advance their not so patriotic act of which is really just a uh, installment of a surveillance and uh, police state mm-hmm. where we don't have the right to question anything, to redress grievances or to, um, you know, assert our freedoms. Right, right. And I, this and what's interesting is that this stems right off the back of that's, that's what I pointed out today. So all this January 6th information yep. comes out, which reveals mm-hmm. that this whole massive push that and let's not forget, by the way, that every and this was proven even admitted in in, court, in congressional sessions that every single individual investigation whether or not they had any reason to believe that they were dangerous or white supremacists or mm-hmm. domestic terrorists mm-hmm. after January 6th was then labeled as a, a domestic terrorist investigation yep. and then they used that metric to say we look at how many inve- domestic terrorism investigations have expanded since January 6th yep. well they they just chose to label every individual grandma they talked to as that. Oh, yeah. And so they're manufacturing this idea. So now it's being shown that even more so that this was not genuine, that it wasn't as bad as they said, and so on. So my point was, of course, more damning evidence begins to come out, continuing to expose the U.S. government continues to lie about January 6th, and without fail, the Vanilla ISIS gang gets marched out. Oh, yeah. And we've been covering this for a while, the idea of you know the Patriot Front, Yep, which is one of these course, versions right? all dressed. Here's what's really which done. It's also been proven to be. You, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Every yeah. one of them. Patriot front, blood tribe. These groups, these groups have direct ties to things like the autumn Waffen division, which has directly connected to the Azov movement. Mm. So you can see funding directed right back to yep. the CIA and Israel for that matter, in regard yep. to the Azov movement. But what's interesting is the Patriot front dressed in their khakis and basically exactly what FBI look like, which is hilarious. Yeah. yeah. But then, you know, the point somebody made earlier is, oh, well, look, now they they changed their khakis, but it's the exact same outfit. Yep. Are we supposed to pretend like that's not obvious? Like, right. it's really strange. So they marched them out and it says extreme neo-Nazi group called the Blood Tribe has been spotted marching in the streets. And this is in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. So it's now yep. deviated from Maine, but it's the same group. So I think what's important to this is. Well, I've labeled this previous one from uh, September. CIA is creating, fostering, and seeding neo-Nazi extremists mm-hmm. into the United States for the very purposes we just discussed. Yeah. And I think what's alarming about it is that we could tie this right back to their agenda. And you, you shared this one. Neo-Nazi groups mm-hmm. spew hate outside Disney World and are near Orlando. And all of this is also spinning up this argument that there's rising anti-Semitism. And yeah. there's every part of these angles. Absolutely. And it's being used to censor right now on Twitter and everywhere yep. else, too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and of course, you know the the to this whole uh, rising anti-Semitism, I think Sorry, is uh, you know definitely designed also to create more polarization. Um, you know, there uh, I showed a really interesting video of a former Green Beret who was talking about asymmetrical warfare, and he was talking about uh, you know theories about Hamas and uh, what's happening in Gaza, 
And he was saying how, you know, of course, and, and we've talked about this, obviously, it doesn't make sense that the IDF wouldn't recognize, uh, you know, the attacks. But he said that it also, they don't have the same militaristic capacity mm -hmm. that, say, Israel has right. or that Israel, you know, with our support would have, certainly. Right. Um, so they would have to use an asymmetric kind of a tactic. And one of the uh, tactics that has been used, you know, Vietnam is a great example of mm -hmm. this, but they, we, we've seen this throughout history where instead of necessarily uh, kinetically targeting, they will uh, target the narratives to uh, pervade throughout the West mm -hmm. and infiltrate through the academic institutions, the media. And so you're seeing all these like very, what look like very militant pro-Palestinian rallies that are cropping up everywhere, mm -hmm. particularly in uh, universities. And they look very similar to the BLM riots that mm. happened, right? Uh, in terms of their organization. And my, my point in all of this though, is that the narrative that they're trying to set I think is that there is this, uh, you know, pervasive, uh, ver like just overwhelming anti-Semitism mm -hmm. that is, and that we have to target that we have to, uh, you know, so that now you have both sides. And of right. course, what does that do? It now then makes the pro-Palestinian people, the uh, Muslim people uh, or the Muslim sympathizers even more enraged, like, no, they have to, they're, they're going to be further entrenched in their, mm -hmm. their beliefs and their mission. And then of course it makes all the, the people who are uh, Israel sympathizers or, uh, you know, or Jews in general, or people who are, uh, you know, sympathetic to that cause are going to further feel like they have to defend. Yeah. So now what do you have? You have further tensions and they, they don't even have to have a kinetic war because now mm -hmm. the people are going to fight each other. But it, this was a very long winded way of saying, mm -hmm. I think this is part of that because yeah, this is, you know, this is further instigating and showing, Hey, look, we have a real problem. Right. Look at these neo-Nazis. The anti-Semitism has gone completely out of control. So are you suggesting that that your point you made mm -hmm. that that's Israel doing that? Or is that because you like, you're suggesting like the Soros part of it, right? I, so I, well, and I, see, this is the thing that I think, uh, this is just my opinion. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people, this is just human nature. We want to pin the tail of the donkey. Right. right. <laughs> we want to be like, there's the boogeyman. We'll put all the blame on them. But oftentimes what happens is you have these people who are vying for power and, you know, they, they oftentimes they end up working together because they're, they have common enemies and com common interests. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they go rogue and they have their own competing interests, but oftentimes they will, uh, it looks very much like they're working co-committantly, mm -hmm. you know, and in conclusion, conjunction with one another. And sometimes they are. And sometimes it's just that they're all advancing the same agenda because it serves their interests. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so I don't think it's just I think there's a lot of facets at play, which is part of why this is so complicated. Let me frame it differently. Yeah. Are you suggesting that that is being done in the interest of Israel's agenda or, or the Western agenda? Or are you suggesting that that is the... I mean, some other side of the narrative. No, I, guess there's I only... think, yeah, I actually don't think this is necessarily pro-Israel. I think this is... Uh, so th how would that serve the interest then? That's what I'm confused about. Because, because if the you want to make them look bad... interest is to advance towards the, the new world order. Right. The, the interest well, is the internationalist world order. Mm -hmm. And uh, a really, I, I know I'm a broken record because I keep bringing this book up, but it, it really outlines this so beautifully. 
uh, is uh, Eon Matu's uh, Milner Fabian conspiracy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they, they talk about the whole, uh, they, how things were set up. The, he, he draws a lot from the work of Carol Quigley and Anthony Sutton. So, of course, you know, we go through the, the World Zionist Federation and how uh, the British intelligence used uh, the Zionist movement mm-hmm. to set up Israel as an outpost for their uh, militaristic uh, aspirations. However, then the second half of the book also talks about the uh, agenda of the Islamification of the West and how that would help advance because there's a lot of uh, parallel ideology between uh, the Islamist and uh, the internationalists and mm-hmm. uh, the, the totalitarians in general. Yeah. And then, of course, what better scenario uh, for these people than to have them fight each other? Right. And that's really so the argument I'm making is that. I'm not saying there aren't people who have pro-Israeli interests at heart and pro-Palestinian or pro, you know, that there aren't people who are vying for each of those uh, factions. Mm-hmm. But there, I think there are people who I would argue are superseding them, mm-hmm. who are pulling the strings on both sides right. to because they don't have either interest at heart. Uh, right, they right. want to, they're vying for a world governance body that they control. Interesting. And they're, they're seizing, they're vying for world power. Yeah. Now, I didn't mean to make you qualified. I think, like, yeah. just back to the simple point, I sure. think is a very valid point. Interesting. <laughs> is, is that, you know, we have an example of where I think we all agree that there is, whether it's this exa- uh, topic or anything else, yeah. where you've got entities yeah. who manipulate protests yeah. or create them, you know, and if we all know this, it's, and whether, it's not just Soros either, it's no. all over the place, right? <laughs> so, my point is, what I'm getting at is interesting that we can at least, for whatever their intent, yeah. people are, what you're arguing is that they are seeding like um, a, these, well, I think the word you used was radical. I forget the mm-hmm. word you used. Oh, these yeah. pro, pro yeah. Palestine protests. But I would wonder why can't, what, can we consider that that might be in and of itself part of that agenda that we're, as opposed to seeding the, the extremist protest, just simply framing any pro Palestinian protest as extreme. And I it serves the same interest. You I think see what both I mean? are happening simultaneously. I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I think both are happening. It, it's just interesting that because, and as we all point out, and you get in the paradigm dynamic, because it's always all or nothing, you know, and, yeah, it's, no. and there's so much nuance to all of these things and oftentimes you know i talk about uh, like because of cause us i talk a lot about like culture creation mm-hmm. and social engineering and the masses and i think the mistake that people make is again this binary logic that Always. you know there's no uh, organic culture or it's only co-op it, it's only uh you know artificially injected created culture mm-hmm. and oftentimes actually neither one is the case Oftentimes what happens is in very localized regions, you do have organic culture that, cr- that crops up, right? And they're always trying and, to use that too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and that's typically what happens right. is that that gets co-opted, manipulated, and, uh, uh, you know, expounded. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, fair point. You know, I just think we have to consider all sides of this, you know, and all, and also just to make it very specific, yeah. no one's saying that there aren't people on the side of Palestine. It's com- more complicated, but that, that, w- that are want to hurt Israelis or, or, or vice versa. Like there are people that have been wrapped up and to your point, probably radicalized by the very things we're talking about, yeah. not even knowing that. But I, I think it's important that we realize that I mean, in my the word opinion, Islam literally means to submit. So right? yeah. But I think that the point in my opinion is that, and again, even going back, bringing this back to the point yeah. that brought this up in the United States is that 
but but again, to the Palestine-Israel concept is that there are predominantly, in my opinion, Israelis, the average population that don't want negative things to happen to any civilians. And same thing with the Palestinian side. And we have this kind of game where they're playing on either side to frame them all as one thing. And we all, we fall into these traps far too often. And and the last point was bringing it back to the main thing is that this is in one case, what we're dealing with here in the United States is the same extension of that same illusion. And I will just, uh, just to address the civilians, because I mean, Mm -hmm. that of course is a more encompassing kind of conversation with lots of nuances, but it is part of the, I'm just going to point out, we're going to get to the Israel point to the end. So if you go ahead and make your point, Uh, we can get into that specifically. finish. I was going to say that the oftentimes, and this was where, you know, the Viet Cong was a really great example in the Vietnam war because Mm -hmm. they knew they couldn't win kinetically, uh, uh, you know, targeting their opponents. So they actually targeted, their own civilians in order to create this narrative that, you know, they had been decimated and to appeal to the sympathies. Um, and I, I think that that happens. I, you know, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I actually hadn't heard that. It wouldn't surprise me. But I would also then immediately just because of my, you know, stance and my perception of how governments yeah. act, whether or not that in and of itself was something that was lied about then and committed by the U.S. government to justify what they were doing and so on, mm-hmm. just as one of the other possibilities. I just, I've just always mm-hmm. considered that, you know, mm-hmm. like not to say that in any sense, these, I think any government anywhere in the world, if well, the, put to the point would conflict. justify killing their own people or right. resistance groups within the elements of what right. we're talking about. I really don't think anybody should question that any group like this is capable of hurting their own people to achieve their own ends. We're watching it happen right now in many exactly. different ways, you know, but yeah. so back to this, I think that, so in the U S dynamic, this is the point we've been always talking about, about the idea of the vanilla ISIS MAGA trap concept. And what Mm -hmm. that means for those who don't remember is that it's really coming down to using this and even some cases leaning into actual, you know, radical, however you want to frame it, ideals that are in that side Mm -hmm. of the argument, but getting them to then lean into it. That's what the insurrection was supposed to be. They wanted them to go in with their guns and then frame it and, you know, into the points we've already made. It all leads into the bigger manipulation of our lives. And I think that, uh, I think there was only one last Oh, I just wanted to shout out Truth and Media in general for their work that they they've been putting out these breakdowns of these very same things before the kind of all blunt release from the right. congressional thing. And they've been doing great work on this about Ray Epps and otherwise. Um, yeah. And in just in general sense, I think that's important that we connect this with the bigger manipulation. Right. And I guess on this last point, you know, where you guys think this goes before we get into the Israel focus on the conversation, like. Sorry, I tied them all. Oh, no, no, yeah, because they no, connect. They good. totally yeah. connect. I just wanted you to know that we will get into it yeah. so we can flesh that out <laughs> even further. But where do you guys think this goes in general? You know, like why in Maine, in Wisconsin, you know, is it just as simple as trying to create the illusion that we're all white supremacists? Yeah, if you I mean, just yeah, they, with the government? they need to create the boogeyman and they're just seeding more narratives. Like, I'm surprised they, have, they haven't pulled off the big move yet where right. it's like martial laws. Like, they need yeah. to, they, like Courtney was saying it earlier, like they're going to aim. That's the goal. You know, they want us to engage with them on, on their terms, which is through violence. And, and uh, they want us to play on their ga- on, on their level. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm just, yeah, I've been saying, we've been saying this for years, man. I thought it was going to happen in 2020. I thought it was going to happen in 2021. You know, and now here we are. It's the, the fever pitch is just increasing as it mm-hmm. goes along. And it just feels like that's exactly what they're aiming for. And, and each one of these incidents that happen is just adding more fuel to the fire, really. It is. It and is. I, I think it's such an interesting uh point to raise because they really do especially in on this the just the dialectical dissidents right mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they they really do target it on both sides when you bring up 2020 
I remember this, that people kept advocating that Trump had all the grounds for martial law and for the Insurrection Act. And, oh, yeah. you know, and I remember hearing this. And of course, it was from the uh, the, the political right who mm -hmm. claimed to be advocates of lim limited government of and, you know, personal freedoms and states rights. And and here they were championing uh, Trump to institute the uh, martial law and insurrection act and it, it is just so interesting because i'm now seeing it again uh you know surface with often it's the same people of course it's both sides we we you know they they both sides but i just that's really the point mm -hmm. and i'm seeing it again with these people now in the media like the alternative media who are talking about well what we really need is to have you know some sort of legislation on and i'm seeing in all different types of things about things you know like speech and uh, and it is like okay so your when you when it served you right. you want the government to make some sort of i don't know the federal government to make some blanket legislation how on earth does this support american right. principles like this is does not support support personal freedom this is not aligned with the constitution this is certainly as far removed from the bill of rights as possible right and it is incredibly dangerous and a slippery slope towards totalitarianism uh but i just wanted to point out that you know we i think oftentimes people expect that from the left uh but we see it on the right too so just be, as much yeah, right just i mean that's much. that's how the two-party paradigm works absolutely. right you know as you're saying they they see and i'm not thinking saying everybody involved in that decision that maybe they genuinely think they're in the right you know but i I think that it's they have their justification and then the other side goes, no, they don't believe in freedom. And then four years later, you know, two days later, and then the thing comes up mm -hmm. over here and they go, oh, my God, you know, we have the justifiable reason. And, we, and they point back. And the only thing that happens is then over the next administration or maybe sooner, we have the reality that they kind of just make this, the, the case that we need that. Right. And Americans fall for it, you know, and they, it's always one bad guy versus the other. It's this, it's just the and way it works. They're able to keep the pendulum swinging yeah, back and forth every and time. Meanwhile, they're just uh, amassing more and more power. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, let's let's get into yeah. the conversation of of Israel Palestine, and I think I wanted to. I'll just play the beginning of this clip because it's long. I just thought it was interesting to bring this into the connection with the opening clip from Bill Cooper when we started with earlier, Ooh, yeah. and about a statement he had about Zionism. And I, I, this is this is where I truly believe it's important to understand as I see it and what I think is kind of supported by a lot of the, you know, Orthodox Jewish community around the world that pushes back on this, not necessarily every Orthodox Jewish community, but that this is about Zionism manipulating Jewish communities in order to achieve their ends. And it's just interesting that, that this is what Bill Cooper was saying at the time. Zionism, Zionism, for behind Zionism is not Jewish, folks. It's not the Jewish people. They're being used. They're going to be sorry that they're allowing themselves to be used. And if you're Jewish, you had better reject it. It's not about saving or preserving the state of Israel. It's about creating a one-world government and Orthodox Jews along with fundamentalist Christians or any Christian for that matter will not renounce Christ as a divine incarnate of God in the flesh upon this earth. Any follower of the prophet Muhammad, anyone who will not bow down to this new religion will be destroyed. Will be destroyed. Whomsoever believeth in me shall have everlasting life. Very interesting. So that's just Bill Cooper making a point that we talk about often, you know, and what, what any thoughts on that? I, I do. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, we talked a little bit in last time and th this is definitely a rabbit hole that I 
uh, rejected going down for a, a oh, long yeah. time because yeah. I had a lot of my own cognitive dissonance. Um, it, you mind if I ask, is it because you felt that it was like a racist association or what was the resistance? Cause I, so I think that's what a lot of us felt that we were worried we were falling for some, you know, yeah. whatever else. Um, well, I mean, I think, you know, it's a, it, none of us are impervious to programming right. and propaganda and conditioning. And of course, you know, I, I know I talk about this all the time. One of the main, uh, uh, goals that, that I think Frankfurt School was very successful in doing was to create this identity for Jewish people around the Holocaust, mm -hmm. right? They attach their identity to being victims of the Holocaust. And what the whole purpose of that was to make them victims, right? Mm -hmm. That was the purpose. Uh, and uh, that was something that I, I found really interesting. It, it seems really uh you know, tenable. Like it, it, it seems yeah. pretty obvious. It's pretty well, clear. You're, you're using one of the worst tragedies in history to to manipulate people. Exactly. That's pretty messed up. Yeah, it, it is absolutely. You know, and I think about like I, you know, there in my own family, there's been tons of persecution. My mm -hmm. great grandmother watched her father be sliced in half by the pogroms. This was long before the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so my family were not Holocaust survivors. They actually all came here before the Holocaust, uh, due to other types of persecution. So, uh, there's been persecution of all types of races, all types of people, mm -hmm. all types of religion throughout history. I do not condone any of them. I think that right. is atrocious. Uh, Where do we have to say that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's horrible. We have to say that. Yeah. Um, but yes, but I, I will say that because it's absolutely true. Right. Um, you know, it is the worst aspects of humanity. Um, and unfortunately, good people fall into it because they are because of what I call the false compassion traps mm -hmm. that are laid out. Um, so anyway, just. When you asked why was this hard for me to get into, because, you know, it was presented many times and certainly in 2020 it started surfacing a lot. And it very much, uh, you know, of course, my family does not like this. I was always told, like, right. the elders, uh, the protocols of Zion, that's a whole lie. It was used as a false trope in World War II. Um, but I really like to have, you know, quantifiable uh, information before I can uh, adjudicate and make my decision. So... I have gone down this rabbit hole and I can't remember who said it, but it was somebody who was saying like Zionism is the most anti-Semitic thing possible. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that, that there's a lot of truth in that statement because it is the same kind of thing where you're using, uh, you know, it, it, you're using atrocities mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, devastating uh, circumstances to victimize a group of people and you're weaponizing it against the very people with using deceit. Mm -hmm. So I, in this yeah. case, against Semites, which is interesting. Uh, yeah. And Semite just mean people of that region. Right? Palestinians. So, right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, it is, again, it's a very deceptive uh, term, but, you know, the people using it are not, they, they're not concerned about Judaism. They're not concerned about uh, the state of Israel if, from a biblical perspective. Uh, this is being used very much to serve their own uh, geopolitical aspirations and, I, I think that that is, uh, yeah, it's, it's terrible and it's, yeah. it's horrible for the Jews who are being used as pawn. Right. And so much, and here's the other thing. What it does is it creates further hatred towards the Jews. Right. So and now, towards Palestinians or other, it, well, it's, sure. Yeah, but, yeah. but, the, but when you ask about why, why is it very anti Semitic? Why did I think that? It's because now you are, you're now further making scapegoats out of them. You're right. making them into people who are, you're, you're creating, you're breeding further resentment. Mm -hmm. So now more, you're going to increase the anti-Semitism and the targeting of Jews 
for something that many of them aren't even aware has occurred. They don't mm. even know the history behind it. And do you, oh, go ahead. I think one of the best ways to eliminate anti-Semitism in the world is just to have Jonathan Greenblatt just shut up, just shut up, dude. And then all anti-Semitism will go. Well, had he shut up, we wouldn't fa- have found out that yeah. they have spies in oh, groups yeah, in yeah, the United yeah. States. Yeah, Did exactly. you hear that, that leak yeah. that came out? Yeah. Well, Greenblatt was caught uh, on a, it was a leaked do- a, a conversation he had with his team. And it came out that, where he was saying, first of all, the point was about how it's not a left right problem, which mm-hmm. I think is important that yeah. he, and he's addressing what he frames as anti- anti-Semitism, which I'm sure that includes some of it, but it also conflates anybody that's pointing mm-hmm. out Israel, and what they're doing and Zionism. Yeah. But the point was, we, I'm constantly trying to show people it's not a left right thing. Right. It superseded this paradigm just like COVID did. But he said it's a young, old problem, which is interesting. But then he goes on to say, we have analysts inside these groups, Jews for Peace. He lists them off. My point is, think about how alarming that is. You're talking about a huge, wildly influential Israel lobbyist group that has spies inside of American protest groups. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying to me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just think that's an important point. Well, but yeah, I, shut up. Just, just shut up. <laughs> like, who, who elected this guy? Like the sp- spokesperson for the entire Jewish population? Their own group is saying he's hurting the group. Yes, the exactly. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. In general, well, I would dude. say when you say like an old, young problem, what I very much see is uh, they very much targeted uh, like the, the liberal Jews to, you know, uh, promote the one agenda and then they very much targeted the neocons mm-hmm. and both of them i think are uh you know have been fed lies and that don't serve jewish people at all yeah mm-hmm. right right exactly well so let's let's get into some of these uh some of these points that, oh actually i forgot that i'm just going to skip these because of time in general i think we only got 15 minutes left mm-hmm. so i just want to include these i'll th- show, throw them so you guys can see them a mask study that, that, I just want to throw some COVID points just because yeah. that, that this is a new one. This is from this year, August. Yeah. And it's funny when nobody heard about it, at least maybe this, I didn't see it. I look for these yeah. things still. Mass study published by NIH really? suggests yeah. N95 COVID masks may expose wearers to dangerous levels of toxic compounds linked to seizures. Conspiracy theory. Censor them. Yeah. They're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, like, almost like you heard this in 2020 from a yeah. lot of us. Uh-huh. Or that a new study this month on the 18th, yesterday, vitamin D supplementation, shocking, reduced the rates of ICU admissions and mechanical ventilation. Ventilation needed for carp, sauce, carp, Whoa, just what, vitamin D. What do you know? Yeah, it's almost there, like we heard that there, in 2020. Yeah, too. there were clinics getting Jeez. raided by the FDA at gunpoint for doing this type of treatment. Right. You had the actual NIH pushback on that, even though even though Fauci said that in the beginning in a in, in regard to just respiratory viruses. But how yeah, ridiculous. Or a new COVID variant, by the way, weirdly HVI, almost like HIV, I said that was funny, yeah. is now dominant. These are most common symptoms. What do you think they are? Sniffles and cough oh, yeah. and any yeah. other ubiquitous symptom you yeah. could possibly align it with. Yeah. But I'm not even, you know, I think it's to consider. Maybe it's going to be rolling yeah. back out. Dr. Yeah. Malone put out a point in the International Crisis Summit in Romania. They basically admit, per the EMA in Europe, that these shots were never, ever authorized to stop transmission or to stop infection. Right. And they from the very beginning, and they lied about it this whole time. Yeah. They knew that. But again, no big surprise to this audience. Yeah. We all knew these. Uh, but think how crazy that is. Yeah. Now they're quietly admitting these things as fast as they yep, can. Exactly. So crazy. Well, I wanted to start on this point in general and uh, to just make sure we saw something developing that, that was really interesting. I mm-hmm. shout out to Brock Ravid, who I'm not familiar with, but I saw it here first, which is that Biden is now warning, which I think indicates the more the gap that's widening between what Israel's doing and the partners they have that are uncomfortable that the world seems to be starting to push back on this in regard to just the ongoing attacks that are hurting civilians specifically, not that we nope nobody's ignoring what happened on October 7th, but we will get to some more points that seem to 
undermine the breadth of what actually happened, not that Hamas didn't commit crimes, but Biden warns U.S. could sanction Israeli settlers who attack Palestinians. I believe it's almost upwards of like 200 people now that have been killed in the West Bank and there's children being killed. It's, it's crazy. The fact that Biden says he wants to sanction individual settlers like that's even going to do anything seems pretty silly to me. But I think it's more about setting the stage to be like, look, we're trying to do something because Mm -hmm. it's sending Netanyahu a message. I think we're going to begin to do more of this if you keep going. Mm -hmm. We have already it's been real that they've been pushing back against what they've been doing pretty much the whole time. Not that I think they care, but it's politically bad for them, I think. And feel free to chime in if you want, if you have thoughts, yeah, guys. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. just go through this quick for 15 minutes left. Yeah. Caitlin says, last month, oh, and th- I just want to include these. We have a lot of people, actually, this should have been over here, I think, but a lot of people now beginning to say that they were standing up and pointing at the evidence that was there post-October 7th that the IDF was involved to whatever degree you think there was some of it shooting their own people. And the point is now it's being revealed by Haaretz. Shout out to Dr. Strangelove is where I saw it, but here is the Hebrew version, which is not in English, of course, and I think that there none of the Western media has be- touched on this yet. Assessment to the security team system, which I don't know, the headline is hilarious to me that the point they're trying to make, Hamas didn't know about the festival in advance. I don't even know why that's a relevant point, but in the subtitle, it was also shows that the military helicopter that fired at terrorists apparently also hit some revelers. And further in the article as well, mm. it goes on to point out very explicitly that they, but we don't need this to tell us that. Mm. It's already been admitted by Israelis. It's been admitted by the security head at the kibbutz Ba'ere. It's been admitted by helicopter pilots that they were firing on cars that could have hostages. So that's crazy to me that now Haaretz, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it's happening on both sides. That this was really oh, sure. the point Certainly I was making possible. earlier. I, I think they are unfortunately on both sides targeting their own civilians in order to play on the sympathies of uh, external people. When you say both sides, you're talking about Hamas yeah. or all of Palestine? Hamas. Okay, well, yeah. but that's different than both sides here because Hamas is what what the now it's become the framing of what Palestinians are doing. Mm-hmm. I just think that's an important distinction. So Hamas, I don't, don't disagree. I have no doubt that they're capable of that. I have yet to see evidence of mm-hmm. that, and that's important. But also, I think that what's important here is not to as much as it's important to show that in right. this one point, that's sort of irrelevant because we're getting to the impetus of this mm-hmm. and what they might have done, and whether Israelis think they were involved, mm-hmm. and now we're seeing that they're even admitting that they either didn't care about act killing their own people or chose to that's wild to me but it's a fair point that i do agree that there's a lot of, we should not take anything at face value from hamas or the israeli government yeah. because they're involved in what's going on yeah. but man if that doesn't then make you stand back and question what else is going on in this event i don't know what else will but that's wild to me now uh and then megatron just pointed out the same thing police investigation found that this military helicopter that fired at hamas on the festival area, apparently did hit some participants at the festival. That's a direct quote from Haaretz. And then the cradle is following up because these are people that were trying to expose this at the beginning and being called conspiracy theorists. People like Aaron Mate, who broke this down early and they called him a conspiracy theorist. Here and girl, same thing. Max Blumenthal. One point I want to make that was funny. Mario Narfall, who I keep pointing out is this weird. I, I, I can't get a sense on whether he knows he's doing it or not, but so he looks at this article, even though you can read what he writes, and his breaking, Hamas was not aware. That's that's what you run with? I get, yeah, but sure. Ignore the huge point that they killed their own people. But, you know, I, I don't know. I felt like pointing that out. I think that's funny. Yeah. Uh, and then her same thing for her. I was trying to rush through this. Now, the point in general is Efrat Fangenson also is following up on her investigation. She mm-hmm. is in uh, Israel. She was a yeah. former IDF intelligence officer. She's she said great work. she's doing yeah, I really yeah. I, I I don't agree with everything she's mm-hmm. saying, but I greatly respect her work. Right. The observers warned the commanders ignored 
if you continue to harass, you will be brought to trial. That is what it is. And I'll show you from their article themselves. That is the Israeli military telling people in the IDF who were trying to tell them before the 7th that something was coming. Mm -hmm. And they said, stop bringing this up. If you keep doing it, we'll bring you to trial. That's crazy. Now, she says, as time passes, more and more evidence accumulates, indicating early signs of the terror attack on the October 7th, which did not receive proper attention. New evidence exposes the depth of disregard and the threat to the observers who warned. That's crazy. The observers are not receiving close psychological support and commanders demanded they return to duty or sign a waiver. Those observers felt that they weren't being listened to, uh, that what they saw wasn't being taken into account. Some of them decided to report to one of the senior commanders in their division, and this was the response they received. I don't want to hear about this nonsense again. If you bother me again with these things, you will face trial. And then, uh, then obviously, mm. said the seventh happened. Here's the article itself, which you can read it right in here. I just, in the interest of time, I'll include it. You guys can read it for yourselves. Um, and then I just want to, I just thought, wanted to point this out that now Israel, and guys, please feel free to chime in. I'm yeah. trying to go through it. Yeah. Israel's now saying, uh, rather, this close TV, but this is what's been going on since the 7th, by the way. Israel, the U.S., and Hamas are apparently close to an agreement that would free dozens of women and children held hostage in Gaza. And it says that's only exchanging for a five-day pause, according to Washington Post. What's interesting, though, and I'm just kind of making a cheeky point here, but every time I brought this up online, which we have to remember, and I'll just go to this first, that they have stated publicly from the beginning that they don't want to negotiate until they remove from power. So just we understand the real context of this. And even Vice News reported just recently that they were saying, no, we want to start the ground offensive before we even begin. And they make it clear that this has been on the table. The idea of this uh, negotiation has been on the table since day one. The outline of the deal has not changed from the start of the talks in the past few days to appear more receptive. So Israel's all after 40 plus days finally deciding, okay, now we want to consider exchanging for hostages. My point is if they're saying we don't deal with terrorists, clearly that's what they're beginning to do. And I just find that kind of a contradiction point that every time I ask why haven't they accepted an exchange, the narrative is we don't deal with terrorists. It's kind of funny to me. But overall, the point is they have repeatedly not chosen to engage in this process of exchange under the idea that they don't, but now they're beginning to, but that it shows to me without question that they care more about the agenda than the actual people that have been taken as the Israeli government. That's my opinion. But we can see that they made this point that they weren't going to negotiate until this. And so now we're coming to the point to where now again, bringing it back that we find out that they did in fact shoot their own people and that now we're finding the, the evidence continues to show that they are allowing this to continue while people continue to get killed. I just find that to be very, very interesting. Now, one last segment, if you guys want to comment there before we, I go on to some of the other things I want to show you that I've seen that are showing to be false. Because it's just about the hostages. The idea that how can they continue to bomb an area where they know they're being held and act like they still care whether they come home? What are your thoughts on that? Wasn't there something like that, like a, like using hostages as political tools like that like back in like the reagan administration or whatever like wasn't there like a hostage situation like iran or something like that and then they like held up they intentionally didn't release them early so that it could affect an election you guys know what i'm talking about there was a situation like that sounds kind of familiar yeah, but i don't yeah, want to yeah. comment if, unless a, i remember exactly yeah, it, was a, it was a big controversy where it was like i can't even remember the candidate so i can't really speak to well, it but yeah it was it was the idea of like they had the opportunity to release hostages early but there was an election coming up and so mm -hmm. they wanted to postpone the hostage release until the I new president Iran or the, the u.s government yeah. i think it was the u.s government okay yeah so the u.s yeah. government was like and so then when the new president got into office then he could release the, the prisoners and be your hostages and be the hero or something. right and right in that, right, in, right. That, in that span of time like 
several of the, several of the hostages were killed and stuff. And so there's yeah, a big controversy right. because like, oh, you guys could have released them early, but you wanted this political win. You, know, you don't sell me on that. Yeah, but, I can't confirm because yeah. I don't remember exactly, but yeah, that's not a shock like to me. That, yeah. I think that political governments do this kind of thing. Yeah. That's my point is that it shouldn't be shocking to anybody that they'd be willing, like for instance, Vietnam, mm-hmm. Afghanistan. I mean, we could prove that they knew these things were not winnable and just maintained it. Vietnam more obviously, but Afghanistan, same point. You know, you can prove that they just kicked the can down the road and let young people continue to die knowing that they wouldn't actually gain anything from it. It's all politics, and that's how they see this. So my point is, it's I'm not saying every single element of everybody in the government doesn't care about them, but what's interesting is you can very clearly see the point just based the facts on the table. They've been offered multiple times in exchange that the UN, the US even pressured them to take it, and they said no. And that's why that article is important. Literally on the record, we won't negotiate with them for hostages until we remove them from power. Not because they had a bad deal. They just said, nixed it. No. How do you frame that as they care about these hostages? I just don't understand that. You know, I mean, maybe you could balance it as they perceive the Hamas threat to be so, you know, for all of the rest of the people in Israel, that this is more important. But my point is that right now you can go, you know, going back to Efrat and everything else, the Israeli population don't want that. You, the polls, everything, even the corporate media, they're calling for ceasefire. They're protesting in front of Netanyahu's house. They're saying that you were responsible. You were part of this. You know, th- that's the sentiment. So it's a very weird dynamic that's going on. So to that next point, then I think what's interesting is to see how many things we now have to, I want people to see this as much as it's a very sensitive topic that they have been caught lying about things like this. That doesn't mean that everything didn't happen. They say, but we have to understand as uh, again, the credit to Max on this, for breaking this down, this was on the 15th, where there was an image that we can prove. Uh, here's just one of the examples, which is, it's, you know, caution. It's a, it's a horrifying image of a woman that appears to have been raped. And this is from March 2022. Okay, so, and there's examples going further back than that. My point is you can prove that Israel, or the, rather the site that they've endorsed and they've been pointing to, and it is managed by, you know, the element, this is, this is the, the kind of the, oversight of all of the things they said happened at this. And that's where all this information comes from. It's from Israeli screenings and so on, that this was included. Nova party victim raped and killed. And they had on the website, Max broke it down, proving that it was an old image. I then caught yesterday or the day before that they then deleted it, which is here. This is the current version, which is now gone. Mm. So without any context, without any addressing, they just remove it. And that image has already been used by corporate media from the very beginning. It was showed as the proof of this happening. So it just makes me very uncomfortable that we're in a position where you can have this kind of thing happening and nobody seems to be calling out the corporate media. They're using it. Don't address this. And it makes me very, you know, it angers me that this, we even have to get into it. Like I said on the show yesterday, it's not like I'm seeking out rape allegations to debunk. That's disgusting. You know, it's like I care about the truth and it's very clear that some of these aren't true. That should give anybody pause. Mm-hmm. Right. So the, the, the last point was, this is one of the eyewitness accounts that are being shown around where he goes on to at, to specifically cite this exact image that he says he saw that we know didn't happen there, mm-hmm. right? And that's very concerning to me that now we have to wonder whether people are saying these things. Did they get put to that? I don't know. But he lists that exact image off, and we've seen many examples of that. And lastly, this was one of those examples. This one of the guys that's saying he had the special screening, and he literally goes off the list the exact same. Because the proof is we've already shown this is what Israel has been showing people, and that's why it's involved in these screenings. And the, my point is we can prove that that image amongst others didn't actually happen there. It's an old image. Um, and, and then just the other points that we went through this in general, breaking down their other graph, the just so people understand both the things they've been showing at this new location or the Al Shifa hospital or any of these, these different things have been shown to be even by BBC, even by CNN are calling this out. 
Now, actually, just before we end, I know we have a couple minutes. Let me know if you have to go. Yeah, yeah, we're getting down the wire, but yeah. Okay, just what what do you guys think about that? Why would you think BBC, CNN would begin suddenly going, <laughs> I don't believe what Israel's saying? That's wild. If you haven't seen that, they both called out their video about whether or not this is real, what they found in the Al-Shifa hospital. Why do you think that would start happening? Because I'm, I'm not trying to trust the corporate media now, mm-hmm. but it's like, is it because, well, go ahead. What do you think? Mm. Any thoughts on that? That would be hilarious. Like, it's like along the same lines of us thinking Osama bin Laden's the, the good guy now. It's mm-hmm. like, if all of a sudden they can get us to believe the mainstream. Media. Maybe that's a good, maybe Whoa. they're trying to get their, get their their clout back. Maybe this is, yeah, maybe this is all uh, uh, the mainstream media trying to, get there i wouldn't say anything like that all that all nothing but but i do think that it's interesting that in my opinion i think there there's times when they align the truth aligns with their interests Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that they care about the truth and i think that it's about them losing just like biden's lost pretty much all of his political clout because of this narrative and they've just maintained it while literally every i'll play this on the way out this every single group you could possibly look to that they've always told us to look to to decide or to be able to discern whether things are war crimes Mm -hmm. Every one of them are calling this genocide right now, which I think is an obvious reality. That's my opinion. But why then you would see only the government officials pushing back on that? And even then, my point is that's lost all of it. Even with the Democratic Party, he's lost all of his support because of this. So why would you keep doing it? Why is the media suddenly going the other direction? Like, it just seems super incongruent. And I just find that fascinating. I don't understand it, you know? So anyway, th- I'm going to end with this clip. So any- give me your thoughts on this, guys. I think, you know, look, I know we don't all agree exactly on what's going on, and that's okay. That's yeah. good. I-, I-, I appreciate that. But I think it's important that even when there's an emotional, you know, like that topic, which just keeps me up at night, to be quite honest, I think it's super important that we care about the truth, mm-hmm. even if it's something that is pushed back on as like you're being insensitive for even questioning it. I- you know, I think it's important. Yeah, no, I absolutely think we should definitely examine, you know, and uh, question all of it to to seek the truth. Um, I think we just need to be really careful about how you approach it, because even though, like you said, you know, sometimes the truth aligns with their interests and their agenda. Um, and I, I just very strongly feel like both sides are being played. And when you talk mm-hmm. about like the government and, you know, how they've all uh, kind of aligned on this uh this narrative and this mission and the government doesn't care about the people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with they, they don't care about the Jews. They don't care about the, the Palestinians agree. that that is not what they care about. They, they care about their power and their agenda. And oftentimes it's not even, uh, this was the point that I was trying to make earlier. It's not necessarily just the interests of their, their power with their country. I, I think unfortunately right now what we're really seeing is this supranational yeah. uh, type of power structure that is pulling a lot of strings on these governing bodies. And so therefore they're working oftentimes very much against the interests of their own people. Mm-hmm. And what's really just very unfortunate about the situation in the Middle East is you have something that has been set up where you now have people in a region who Honestly, the most people, now there are people who don't, there are people who, there are extremists of all types, you know, of all religions, of all, uh, all walks of life, really. There's Definitely. always, you're always going to find the radical extremists, the militant people, and you're always going to find just evil, hateful people. I mean, that yeah. just exists, unfortunately. And you usually find a CIA agent, too, there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. I, and you can see, find a CIA agent kind of kind of trying to, to uh, exploit that yeah, often, somebody, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, I, I'm not denying any of that, but. The reality is, you know, you look at, well, just take Israel, for instance, you know, you've got Christians there, you've got Muslims, you've got atheists, you've got pagans, you've got people of all different walks of life. And, uh, you know, there are interfaith marriages of, you know, in that region where 
these people coexist and love each other. Unfortunately, they've been set up. They are victims Mm -hmm. because they have coexisted. And I brought up the example, you know, last time of like, you know, we did take land from the Native Americans. What what are we supposed to do? That doesn't mean we don't have compassion for those people Mm -hmm. who have been displaced. Um, But it is, it's just a very unfortunate situation, but I just really, uh, this is so long winded. My, uh, uh, my main message is I really just want people to understand that, you know, the interests of the government, the interests of the, the, the people who are in power making decisions are not necessarily aligned with the people. They're not necessarily even designed to protect those people. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes people's passions are being played and weaponized against them and often to weaponize against each other. Yeah. Equally on both sides too. Yeah. Yeah. On both sides. The the last thing I'll say too, is I think that it's important to your point about the native Americans aspect is I think one of the things that's tricking a lot of people in this is they, again, the same kind of binary thing we were discussing is that it's not as simple as saying, Israel leaves or the Palestinians leave, right? No. The, no, nobody honest in this conversation is saying that. No. The argument, like we talked about the other day, is you know if we really want, like most Palestinian institu- groups and resistance are really asking for the actual two-state solution at this point where they are allowed to have some entity that they actually control, not some surreptitious Israel version of it that allows them to still have control over the area, mm-hmm. which is what's ever been presented. And so that it ends up being, you know, nobody's saying we should give all the land back to the Native Americans at this point. You know, it's like the idea is that there has to be some equal application of international law. Rome? And we well, exactly how far <laughs> back do you go? And, yeah. you know, but, there, but you do have to engage with the reality, though. I would like mm-hmm. the idea being that I still like, for, I actually still think that Native Americans should be treated differently than how we have done that even to this day. But not that you just go everybody move back to Europe like it doesn't make sense. Right. But when you frame it as that way, that's what you get the people online that are like anybody asking for a state for Palestine, therefore is calling for genocide. And it's gotten this extreme cartoonish debate going on. That's why I think what we're doing is important, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. to have these logical debates. Well, I know he has to get going. So, to go. yeah. I, I will just add one thing really quickly. People do also need to understand the tenets of the, of the extremists, because, you know, I, I brought it up very in a, a glib reference, but Islam does mean to submit. And, you know, one of their tenets is that everybody who is outside the fate needs to submit or be eradicated. But does everybody and, believe that? Or do they all... I'm not saying, I'm saying that 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 is the, uh, you know, that that is part of the belief system. And there are extremists who will very much align with it and stand for it. And And you can use Christianity the same way. Exactly. That's what Laura Loomer was saying the other day. It's like, there's no such thing as radical Islam. It's just Islam. I I, I flat disagree with that. (laughs) You know, it's it's just racist. The point is that there's clearly people, as Dave said in retort, that there's people or any number of examples. I actually call back to, not that I necessarily agree with Ben Ben, uh, Affleck, but that clip's been circulating with him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, where he makes the point, he goes, most of them just want to live their lives and yes. do their thing. And so we end up getting this extremist loomer kind yes. of analogy where all of them are bad and they don't even know it. You know, and it's just like that is bigotry, right? No matter how you spin it. And I think you're right though. There is part there you can point out things that can lead to very but I think it can well, this it, is, I'm just we can see this it is with, where the complexity absolutely uh, comes into play. And this is where it, it does get um, oh, we got to go. Co-opted, yeah. Okay, but yeah, but but fair points, and I think that anything can be radicalized, and I think that's how we just have to embrace it like this and question whether or not it's honest or who's somebody driving it and so on. So, any any final thoughts, brother? I know you got to go. I was just gonna say I want to shout out to everybody in the chat that's watching along. Uh, Tony watches closely; he's been shouting out like all our channels. So, thank nice. you for doing the admin work there, and everybody that's been hanging out with us. Like you guys are awesome. I really appreciate. And there's some regulars in there. Yona, what's up, man? Biscotti, shout out to all you guys. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you can find my stuff at libertylinks.io forward slash rebunked. I write articles. I run the T-Lab Substack and all kinds of fun stuff. So nice. There you go. Anything else awesome. to shout before we go? Yeah, I'm just, I'm CourtneyTurner.com. So it's spelled like Courtney, C-O-U-R-T-E-N-A-Y-T-U-R-N-E-R.com. 
And I'll need all of my stuff there. Rock and roll. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. As always, I think it's always very important and, and you know, dialectical <laughs> information, you know, discussion. I just always say, yeah, I, I, this is so important, you know, like that we actually have, especially when we have different opinions, that we have just an amicable discussion. Yeah. That doesn't mean, again, that you don't have to get, you know, there's times to get angry about things, but yeah. there's when, when you're trying to discern the truth, it's important to, you know, be amicable. And I think that's yeah. very important. So thank you both for being here. And as always, well, I was going to give my out for T-Lab, but question do everything, come to your own conclusions. We'll see you next time. Represent. Peace. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Given that a number of states have spoken about Palestine directly, we have prepared three replies, which we will read one after the other, and we kindly ask for your indulgence in that regard. We will first respond to Israel's statement. Mr. Chair, at the outset, let us remind Israel that our name is not the Palestinian Authority, but the State of Palestine. Sure, your finance minister said at an event in Paris earlier this year, there is no such thing as a Palestinian people. And your Prime Minister on the 24th of September held up a map at the General Assembly entitled The New Middle East, in which Palestine was deleted and replaced entirely with Israel. But if your government is annexationist and racist, this body is not, and we ask you to kindly adhere to UN protocol and nomenclature and to show respect to all stakeholders in this room. Let us also remind the Israeli delegate that the lack of rules of procedure for this meeting does not give carte blanche to lose all sense of decorum when speaking to interlocutors in this room. To the other states and civil society in the room, let me simplify Israel's statement for you. Other than throwing insults around and making grave, baseless accusations, Israel said something that should make all of you shudder. It effectively said, I can kill any and every person in Gaza. The 2.3 million people in Gaza are either terrorists or terrorist sympathizers or human shields and are therefore legitimate targets. Every person, according to Israel, falls into one of these three categories. A child, a journalist, a doctor, a UN staff, a newborn baby in an incubator. And so, according to Israel, it can kill them and then have the audacity to come to this room and tell the world with a straight face, we are acting in accordance with international law. The death of each of the over 11,350 people killed over the past month, be it children, journalists, UN staff, the sick, the elderly, according to Israel, was justified. Think about that for a moment and let it give you pause. Anyone espousing this warped logic has no shred of humanity, no sense of morality, and no knowledge of legality. But guess what? Your carpet explanation for carpet bombing will not fly. People are not fools. The people in this room are seasoned diplomats who are well-read, 
have a knowledge of history and many of whom have seen your government make the same arguments during your six previous military aggressions on Gaza in the past 15 years. They have seen you resort to collective punishment, targeting of Palestinian children, journalists, medical staff, aid workers before. They have seen you forcibly transfer our communities, colonize our lands, demolish our homes, and evict families from their own properties since the 7th of October and for the 75 years that preceded it. They have seen your state-sponsored disinformation campaign before. Again, not fools. Don't insult our intelligence. By saying that it is acting in accordance with international law, Israel is effectively saying the UN Secretary General, the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, the WHO, UNICEF, OCHA, UN Special Rapporteurs, the UN Independent Commission of Inquiry on the Situation, human rights organizations worldwide, disarmament NGOs worldwide, humanitarian NGOs worldwide, countless legal experts are all wrong. Everyone is lying about Israel violating international law and we are asked instead to believe Israel the state that is actually doing the indiscriminate killing. It is interesting that by saying even wars have rules, Israel quoted the very same UN Secretary General whose resignation it has called for because he dared to say that Israel has a history of occupying Palestinian land. The dissonance of hearing the Israeli representative talk about wars having rules as it commits genocide and breaches every rule in the book live on our TV screens is quite something. To Israel we say, we see through your PR and disinformation. The whole world sees through your PR and disinformation. The millions of people filling the streets in every major capital of the world, calling you out for genocide, sees through your PR and disinformation. Perhaps you think that with your incendiary rhetoric, we will all forget the incitement, the declarations and acts of Israeli officials, the people you represent, to wipe out Gaza, to drop a nuclear bomb on the Palestinian people, to destroy the human animals and children of darkness. Perhaps you think that your constant intimidation and threatening language will make everyone overlook the fact that Israel is, as we speak, killing babies, youth, women, men, elderly, no one too small or too old or too sick to be spared its wrath. Perhaps you think that by cutting off telecommunications and imposing yet another blackout on Gaza, you can continue to commit genocide while avoiding the annoyance of people being able to use their phones and computers to report on it. Perhaps you think that as your trigger-happy soldiers continue to kill journalists, 41 so far, the highest number of journalists killed over a four-week period than in any conflict in the last three decades, you think that no one will be left to expose your crimes. 
Perhaps you think that by si trying to silence anyone who tries to speak about your crimes, the international law violations of a state, by calling them either anti-Semites or terror supporters, people will be silent. And your intimidation campaign knows no bounds. They attack Palestinians, Jews, Israelis, UN officials, politicians, parliamentarians, university professors, and anyone worldwide who calls you out for your violations of international law. But guess what? Your intimidation and silencing will not work. We, along with all peace-loving nations and along with all people of conscience around the world, will not be silent. We will continue to call you out on your crimes, to call for accountability for your violations, for sanctions as your government continues to reject calls for a ceasefire, to massacre our people, and to entrench your colonial occupation and apartheid regime. Something your country should have learned over the past 75 years is that the Palestinian people are a people who refuse to disappear. And your nuclear threats and your bombs and your tanks and your bulldozers will never break the Palestinian people's will to be free and to live in the dignity and peace to which all people are entitled. Unlike you, we have consistently stood in this forum calling for respect for international law, for ethical principles to guide state behavior, for peace over war, for humanity over national interests, for disarmament over destruction. Once again, we stand in this forum to call on all states to respect and ensure respect for international law. Let the law be the measure by which all are judged, not propaganda and hateful, biased spin steeped in racism. And to Israel's absurd assertion that Palestinians have a problem with people of Jewish faith, and give the impression that this is a religious conflict, let us say it loud and clear, this is not and has never been about religion. Had the occupiers of our land or the violators of our rights been Muslim, Christian, Buddhist, Hindu, atheist, or of any other conviction, we would have called them out all the same. Palestine has always been multiracial, multi-ethnic, and multi-religious. People of Jewish faith have lived in historic Palestine as Palestinians for centuries. We consider them to be our brothers and sisters. And since the memory of the Holocaust has been invoked, let us also say loud and clear, we have the greatest of solidarity with both the victims and survivors of the Holocaust. It was not Palestinians that committed that horrific genocide, but the fascist forces that spawned from Europe. And it is unconscionable that a number of European leaders are again beating the drum as another genocide is now underway in Gaza. We are united with those hundreds of thousands of Jews around the world, including from organizations like Jewish Voice for Peace, if not now, Naamod UK, who are calling out this genocide and chanting in the streets of New York, London, Paris, Berlin, Sydney, Toronto, and all major Western cities so that their governments can hear,
not in our name and the genocide in Gaza. With them, we stand together to end this pain and suffering. Together, we will not allow this to happen. Never again is now.